Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is David Hoffman. We are in the Sechet Shabbat, and today is Daf 73. Today's Daf begins to explore the famous Mishnah that enumerates the 39 broad categories of activities that are prohibited on Shabbat. And as is well known, these 39 categories of activities or melacha in the singular and melachot in the plural, are derived from the juxtaposition of the acts that were necessary in the construction of the Mishkan and the prohibition to do work on Shabbat. So in Exodus, Shemot chapter 35, Parshat Vayakel, in verses 2 through 3, God goes ahead and commands, Sheshet yamim te'aseh melacha, Okay. And then, right afterwards, in verse 4, Moses then goes ahead and begins, Vayomer Moshe el kol adat b'nei Yisrael le'mor, Zehadavar asher tziva Adonai le'mor, Kho meitchem truma l'adonai, so Moshe goes ahead and asks the Jewish people to go ahead, the Israelites, to take for themselves portions and various contributions of gold and silver and copper and various other materials to go ahead and begin to prepare for building the Mishkan. So what we have here is the beginning of instructions to go ahead and build the Mishkan, juxtaposed to Moshe giving the instructions of Shabbat. Rashi also comments here that because the prohibition of working on Shabbat was given first before the commandment, the instructions of the constructions of the Mishkan, we learn that the work of the Mishkan, all the activities that are required in the building of the Mishkan do not override the observance of the Shabbat. And thus we learn those activities in the construction of the Mishkan must cease for the observance of Shabbat. They do not take precedence. Shabbat, in fact, takes precedence. Now, I said that the Mishnah articulates 39 broad categories of activities that are prohibited on Shabbat. And I use the word, the term activities, and not work because it's important to go ahead and deconstruct the common belief that physical exertion, work, is what the Torah hopes to go ahead and constrain. Melacha, the word that the Torah goes ahead and uses to capture what is prohibited on Shabbat, is not, it should not be defined as work. And this is an important distinction. A person, if you think about it, can go ahead and lift a chair a thousand times in her dining room and not infract any of the laws of Shabbos. But if she goes ahead and simply carries a feather 
out into the street from her home, one has performed a malacha. So it's very important for us to go ahead and not define melacha as work. The Gemara in our tractate on Daf 62b is very, very clear. Echoing the language first used in Exodus 35, verse 33, what is forbidden on Shabbos is melechet machshevet. Melechet machshevet. And we can translate this as purposeful, creative, or skillful acts. What is prohibited on Shabbos are actions that demonstrate human creativity, human mastery over our environment. And along these lines, an act of destruction, which might involve a significant amount of labor, think about this, like knocking down a wall, that is not malacha. Only a creative act constitutes the halachic definition of what malacha is. And by refraining from activity, activities that demonstrate human creativity and the power we can wield over our world, ultimately we acknowledge that we are not the creators, the ultimate creators of our environment, our world. God is the ultimate creator, and we are reminded of this with the recital of Kiddush every Friday night, invoking creation. We're only junior partners with God. God is the senior partner, if you will. But what I'd like to go ahead and look at and focus on in today's learning is the opening language of the Mishnah. The opening language of the Mishnah. Again, what is well known is that there are 39 primary categories of Melachot. Primary categories, Avot Melachot. There will be derivatives, as we will go ahead and explore in other sessions together. However, 39 Avot Melachot. But Interestingly, the Mishnah does not use the number 39. We know it as 39 categories, but the Mishnah does not use that language. The Mishnah goes ahead and says, Avot melachot arba'im chaser achat. The primary categories of melacha are 40 minus 1. 40 minus 1, clearly that's 39. But the question is, why didn't it just say 39? Why does the Mishnah go ahead and use this obtuse language, 40 minus 1? Now, various Rishonim and Achronim bend over backwards to try to go ahead and explain the language of the Mishnah on why it says, Arba'im chaser achat. But I want to suggest um, another explanation by mentioning the monumental work of Professor Avraham Goldberg and his Hebrew commentary on the Mishnah of Shabbat, published by JTS Press. Um, the reader, the listener of these sessions should certainly be aware of this work. And, and here Professor Goldberg submits that with, the, that with Hebrew, as with other language, one way of counting certain numbers elegantly is to offer a round number and then count down, pivot from this reference point. So, in Aramaic, in the Talmud, there are at least, there are other examples, I'll give us three, um, of this phenomenon. So, in Eruvim, on page 83.8, we have certain volume, a volume of, um, as a measurement, and it says, Shivin Nechei Chada. So, 70 
minus 1. And obviously, it's referring to 69, but it pivots on 70 minus 1. And then, in Archin 13a, we're speaking about an age here, bar tmanan 80 nechei tartain. 80 minus 2, so it's referring to a person who is 78 years old. And then, in Nida, when the Gemara wants to refer to and reference 59 immersions, instead of saying 59, the Gemara says, Shitin nechei chada. 60, 60, minus 1, 59, again, that's Nida 30a. Um, so in the Gemara, we have other examples of this in Aramaic. Um, and in fact, in Mishnah, in Mishnaic Hebrew, there are other examples of this counting, this type of counting beginning with a round number. And perhaps most famous is the case of Malkot, that is, lashes. So in the Mishnah Makot, 310, we have Kama Malkinoto Arbaim Chaserachat. So to refer to 39 Malkot, 39 lashes, we have 40 minus 1. And Professor Goldberg goes ahead and lists other examples in other classic languages um, in, in Greek and other examples in Mishnaic Hebrew. And interestingly, we do not find this way of counting in the Tanakh. So while we have this example in Mishnaic Hebrew and in Aramaic, that is of building or subtracting around round numbers, we do not have this in Biblical Hebrew. So I think in a very interesting way, Professor Goldberg is inclined to go ahead and see this way of counting in Mishnaic Hebrew and in Aramaic, this way of counting that we find in the Mishnah, as an example of how the rabbis were influenced by Greco-Roman life. And this, in fact, was the way in which, in the Greco-Roman world, one could go ahead and express numbers elegantly. And interestingly enough, the rabbis adopted this way of counting, even though, in fact, it is not continuous with Biblical Hebrew. Thank you very much, and I look forward to learning tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.